are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Online at BethanyNaz.org. You guys, come on, keep it going. Um, oh, welcome. I am so honored today, really excited uh, to be able to speak to you. First service was a blast, so I imagine that this is going to be a lot of fun too. Uh, my parents are here. They're from Florida. Yeah. Stand up, Dad, and take a bow right now. Stay there. Um, they're from Florida. My dad is a pastor as well, and uh, this is, I think, his first Sunday that he's missed in uh, 400 years, right? So uh, I'm a better Christian than you, apparently. So, uh, no, my mom and dad are awesome. So excited they're here. My in-laws are here. What if I start naming everybody? Like, uh, they're here, and my beautiful wife is here, and uh, I feel supported by my family. So I wanted to tell you that. Um, other than that, again, Pastor Chris and I were so honored to be doing this series over the summer as Pastor Rick tries to break 100 with his golf game during his sabbatical. And uh, we kind of, as we were preparing, we really believed in this idea that as followers of Jesus, but really anybody, uh, we're all leaders. Uh, everybody's a leader. Now, we can't get too excited because that doesn't mean that we're all good leaders, um, but we all are, le- are all leaders because we all have influence, and um, we believe that the best person to lead like is like Jesus, and so that is uh, what our series is all about, and uh, we're Jesus people here. If you, this is your first Sunday, we, we talk about Jesus, we love Jesus, we believe that he changes our lives, um, and so hopefully, maybe you're kind of like, yeah, I wonder who this guy is. Today, we're going to talk about him. And And uh, hopefully you can see a glimpse of his love and his grace and how he leads. And uh, we'll also be learning a little bit from some of the other characters in the story as well. So let me set it up for you. We are in John uh, 11. So uh, however you read your Bible or on the Sky Bible here, as one pastor I listen to calls it, um, you can look there. But we're in John 11, and I'll be reading from John 21 to John 27. And I'm doing that because this passage is actually 45 verses long, the whole story. And I figured you didn't want to hear me stutter through 45 verses. So I'm just going to read six of them. But what's happening in the verse here that I'm about to read is Martha, who is Lazarus' sister, uh, greets Jesus outside the village. And is saying, hey, if you had been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. So if you back up, uh, Lazarus got sick, he died, Jesus gets a letter, he shows up four days later, okay? Lazarus, Martha, Mary, they were really close to Jesus, really good family friends. And so Martha is basically hysterical. By the time that Jesus shows up, the funeral is going on, and that's what we're going to pick up. We'll read through it, I'll pray, and then, uh, then we'll have a blast, okay? Lord... Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever I ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again, Martha. Martha answered, I know, I know. He will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus looks at her and says, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Will you pray with me? God, 
I'm really excited about this morning, you know that, and uh, we're thankful for any time that we can come together as the church and be aware of your love and your grace and how you interact with us as human beings. And so we thank you for Jesus this morning. In your name we pray, amen. I won't say that I have ADHD, but I barely graduated high school, like on the, the, on the night of, I am walking out of the tunnel, and I'm like, they're going to tell me, like, not today, buddy. Like, like, I was that nervous. I can't remember my GPA. It was pathetic. Um, so when I get out of high school, I'm like, things are going to change. And I don't know why, but for I was called to SNU. Like, I just kind of was like, I should go to Southern Nazarene University. And um, I had never even been here. I had, honestly, honestly, I could not have told you where Oklahoma was on the map. Like, that's, and it makes sense, because I barely graduated high school. And so, I had never seen the campus before. And so, my dad and I, we drive out in my truck, and um, I don't know, like, if the movies had distorted what I expected of a university, but as we're driving, it, it's late, and so I'm, he, he told me, like, well, hey, we're just going to kind of pull up to the university. I'm expecting to drive on to, like, Professor Xavier's, like, School for Mutants, like, Huge building, lawn, kids outside, you know, like, that's what I'm expecting. So we're driving down 39th here. Uh, it's late at night. And my dad's like, hey, there it is. There it went. Right? Like, that. I was like, oh, there's a Whataburger. Want to go there? Like, that's. So we turn around. We get to the campus. Obviously, it's beautiful. It's kind of tucked away and, and uh, loved it. And so we get there, and, and he's like, how are you feeling? I was like, man, I'm so excited. I have some dreams and some goals, and I, I think that now's the time. Now is the time. I tell you what. And uh, I was really just planning on following my dad's footsteps, and I was like, I, I, I want to preach. In fact, I'm really not good at much other than talking. And so I'll go there. I'll get prepared, and it'll be fantastic. Pastor Casey Myers, uh, he is also from Florida. And we actually didn't know each other real well, but we knew each other enough to be like, hey, uh, we're terrified, and we're alone. Let's be roommates. And so that's what we did. And we have a picture. There we are. I'm the taller one. Um, that was just a normal day. Nothing going on. Um, no, that, I don't know. Howdy homecoming or something. Uh, I look disgusting. Um, so we were roommates. It's third day of school. I want to point something out. That as I was preparing... I had not seen before. If you look really closely at Casey's bed, it's right behind him in the khaki. It looks like his mom made it. It's perfect. It's very clear my mom wasn't here because my bed is not made. Um, and this is indicative to our personalities to this day. I, every time I preach, I'm like, hey, Casey, am, is, this a, is this heresy? And he's like, yes, change that. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Um, He's way smarter than me, without a doubt. Um, anyway, so that's us, and we were living the dream. We got a couple weeks into college, and I come into the dorm room, and Casey's just over his desk, flipping through, reading, and I was like, what are you doing? He was like, I'm studying. I was like, why? What? I was just playing basketball. It was a blast. You should have been there. Like, and he's like, yeah, no, Timmy, we have a huge test tomorrow over Genesis. I was like, yeah, I've skimmed through Genesis. I'll be fine. Like, we'll, it'll work out, right? Next morning comes. Test is at 8 a.m. I wake up at 10. And that was, uh, that was my college career that first semester. 
uh, to the T. And uh, as the semester went on, remember, I'm, I'm going to be a preacher. I'm going to preach to all types of people. I'm going to talk about the Bible. But I don't know anything about Genesis or really anything in between that and Revelations. And so um, I'm failing bad. And so I was like, all right, I don't, if I don't know a lot about the Bible, that's fine. But I can talk my way out of it, right? And so I had a speech class. And in our speech class, the exam was like a minute long, like the final exam. And I'm like, oh, crush that. And you get to pick what your topic is. So I was like, I'll talk about Legos. That's easy. Like, I'll just, I don't even have to prepare. And so I get to the, the classroom, and there are 12 people in the classroom, okay? 12 people in the speech class. It's my turn to get up and go. I'm terrified, okay? So scared. I get up there. Nobody's looking at me. They're all texting, okay? They don't care that I'm up there. The teacher is looking at a magazine. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I could have gone up there and been like, blah, 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 and it would have worked. Like, I get so scared. I'm like, I can't talk. And when I finally speak, I literally say, I'm so nervous, right? Like, that's it. I had a nightmare that I was going to say that today, but I didn't. Um, Anyway, I'm standing up there. I'm so nervous. My friends are chuckling like you guys just did. And then the professor in the back is like, just catch your breath. You'll be fine, right? Like chewing gum, you know. Uh, And so finally I get through it. But, like, nobody cares. Like, you know, like you're in school. But as I'm walking back to my dorm, I'm like, what? What am I to do? Like, I had this huge dream and this, this belief that God had called me to, to be a good speaker and, and to preach the Bible and to actually know what I'm talking about. And I am terrible at both of those things. And, and this is, I really want to hit this home because I don't want you to be like, oh, he's doing the preacher thing. He's exaggerating because I'm not. My wife works at SNU and we were able to look up my records. My first semester of college. So I'm sure you know, but GPAs range from one to to four. Four is like perfect, and one is not. And uh, mine started with a zero. Not kidding you. 0.6 was my GPA of college. I am literally a standing miracle this morning, okay? It is miraculous I don't do drugs. So, and we're going to get to the, you brought a friend, you're like, I swear we'll talk about the Bible in a minute. I don't know. Uh, Maybe. He's never preached before. Um, but as I'm going back to my dorm, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I, God had it wrong. I thought right now I was supposed to dominate the stage. And, and I can't talk to 12 people who seriously don't care. Like, how in the world am I supposed to do what I feel like you've called me to do? And, and I didn't want to have to go through the process. I didn't have to wait and, and allow the time to, to marinate, right? Like, I just wanted to do it right away. I think that as Christians, or anybody for that matter, timing's tough because we're able to look back. Like, now I'm like, oh, my goodness, thank God. Like, imagine if I would have got asked to preach up here then. It would have been a nightmare, right? But, like, so I know that God had to refine me and, and allow me to learn and, and to actually show up to class. And um, so I know that it, timing's important, and we can look back, and we're like, yeah. But in the middle of it, we're in the middle of it. We don't want to hear, like, well, it's all in God's timing. Just give it a minute. Right? Because everybody's going through something. Everybody has a story. Everybody could maybe be like, yeah, you know what, for years we've been praying hard for this marriage and it just seems 
like fight after fight, it's not getting better. Yeah, for years we've been really asking God to help us financially, and, and we keep having more kids, and we see less money come in, and I don't... We've been praying, we've been faithful, we've been tithing, and I thought God was going to show up. Really? Right now, Mom had to get diagnosed? There's so many things. The list can go on and on. If I just did that, we could literally be here till like 6 p.m. Because we all have a story, and we all have something that we're kind of just stuck in the middle of, waiting, and being like, God, where are you at? Really? Like, the relationship with my brother just can't get better. My kids, God, I'm praying for them every day, and they still won't talk to me. Are you even there? Do you even care? Are you listening? And yet I think it's hard because as we come to church and stuff, I think we sometimes don't even want to admit that, right? We don't want to say, you know, like we don't want to offend God. So we maybe aren't telling people like it's actually a struggle to uh, believe that God is going to do something in our life. So instead we're just like, yeah, he's, he's a miracle worker, but then we're stressed out and we're talking about our problem and we, we really don't feel like God's going to show up. Well, you're not alone. Thank God, right? He shows us in his very own book by John that, uh, well, that's, that happens a lot. And so Martha, here's what happens with her and her family, right? So uh, Lazarus, like I said, he's sick, and uh, Jesus gets a note. But, but we got to back up, right? So the story that I read, four days before that, Jesus was in Jerusalem. And at this time, Jesus is... Uh, been telling people, you know, like, hey, this is what I'm doing, like, I'm bringing a new kingdom, like, I'm the branches, you're the vine, like, all this stuff. And so the Jewish leaders and the Jewish people are like, listen, enough with the parables, like, just tell us plainly, are you the Messiah? Which Jesus is like, what, have you been living under a rock? Like, for three years, I've been telling you who I am, plainly, right? And for some reason, that was enough for them to be like, oh, that's it. Pick up a stone, everybody. Let's get him, right? Like first century practice. You just stone a man. Thank God they didn't have Twitter then. So, so Jesus then and, and his disciples, like at the moment that they're about to, to stone him, he, he gets away. And, and Pastor Chris has even spoken about that before, that it's like, you know, Avengers team getting out of there. And it is. got to read real humanity into the scripture when you're reading it. I mean, the fact that they get away is a miracle, and so they do, and they get across the Jordan, and they actually go to the place that John was baptizing in the beginning. Jesus is there, and, and at the same time, Lazarus is getting sick. And so Martha and Mary, I mean, clearly very close to Jesus, were able to see that from what's about to happen. They're like, well, if Jesus can get here... Lazarus will live, so let's send a messenger, which again shows us there must have been some type of like underground railroad if you were in Jesus' inner circle, uh, a way for you to communicate and find him, right? And so they send a messenger, but scholars believe that almost immediately after the messenger leaves, that Lazarus dies. And so the messenger takes two days to get to Jesus. Jesus then gets the news, and Jesus reads it, and he goes, this will not lead to death for Lazarus. And then the scripture says that Jesus waited two days. You're like, wait, what? Like, waited two days? And I think it's, it's clear here what's going on. And I won't tarry on it too long because it is kind of the whole point of what Pastor Chris's message was last week. But it's this idea that even Jesus, the God of the universe, when he gets urgent, immediate news, doesn't always react right away. And so if he can do that, I think we can do that. I think sometimes, like, especially if you become a Christian later or have, have kind of grown up in it your whole life, you feel like every 
time somebody moves, you got to be there, right? Like, yeah, uh, well, I guess I'll leave my family and help you move, which is great. Like, I'm not dogging on any. They're like, don't ask Timmy to move. He's going to bite our heads off. But I just think that there are a lot of things in life that uh, we don't have to say yes to. Or we can at least be like, hey, can you give me a minute? Like, I just got to, I've been doing a lot. And, and Jesus is leaving a pretty chaotic situation. And uh, so he gets away and he knows it's important to take time, right? And so it's two days later that Jesus says, hey, I'm going to start making the move back in to town. I want to go see Martha and Mary and, well, I got work to do. In fact, he tells the boys, hey, Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to go wake him up. Of course, we have the context. Hindsight, we're like, oh yeah, Jesus is going to go, bada bing, bada boom. Lazarus is alive, walks out of the tomb. But Martha is like, God, it's been four days. It's over. In that culture, after the three days, a lot of them believe that after three days, now the soul was really gone. So that fourth day, Lazarus is dead. It is too late. There is no chance that any life is going to come from this dead situation. And so now Martha is just waiting. In fact, she's like, well, does Jesus even know? Does he even hear my call? Did he read the letter? Again, so many times where we can be like, is God even listening? Is he even there? Does he care? All I do is wait and wait and wait and nothing happens. Nothing changes. I don't really know if it's worth it. But there's things about Martha that uh, I think if we kind of really look closely can, can affect our life and change our life. Because at first, when I was preparing, I was like, ooh, Martha's going to get it. This is a talk about leadership. I'm going to talk about how terrible of a leader Martha is. Like, get ready. Like, we're going to learn from her poor leadership. And then I'm, as, as I'm preparing, God was like, hey, don't slow down. Maybe look a little bit deeper. Maybe look closer. And, and so at first, I want to be like, don't be like Martha. And then after I started looking at it, I really, truly believe that God is like, hey, be just like Martha. Yeah, be just like Martha. Why? What do you mean? When Jesus approaches the village, we see what's the first thing that Martha does, right? Like, and you've got to read it like this. Seriously. Like, make sure that you're like, when you're reading scripture, that you're breathing life into it. And it's not just a text that you're like, and then Jesus went and Martha went. No, like, Martha comes out, man. She's like, Jesus! Jesus! If you had been here, Lazarus would be alive. Jesus, what are you doing? Why did you get my message? I've been praying and believing that you were coming. Martha is letting it rip. I think there's a lot of times as Christians that like we get faced with something, we're in a struggle, we're in pain, and we're just kind of like, yeah, you know, Father God, all heavenly hosts of stars, like please interact. And it's like, no, sometimes God just wants you to be like, help! I, I don't know what to do, I'm... I'm really going through it, God. And honestly, I felt like if you cared, you would do something about it. And I know that that's how Jesus wants us to act. In the waiting, right? He wants us to keep looking because Martha's alert. She, she's got all these uh, Jewish friends in and, and Mary's there. She can soul in them. And, and we know that Martha was the busy bee because, because of later stories. And so she's probably cooking, doing all of it. And yet she's still aware enough to be like, where's Jesus? Have you seen him? Have you seen him? Again, I think it's so important that we, that we elevate our awareness of God in the struggle even when we can't feel Him or we don't see Him. And it doesn't seem like He's changing anything. But I think that 
God wants us to act more like Martha because after Martha is just grilling him, Jesus goes, Martha, your brother's going to rise again. I'll tell you right now, that is not how I react. We have been uh, remodeling a house, and I was putting a fan up the other day, and you apparently have to have a NASA degree to put a fan into a ceiling. I rip it open. I'm like, I don't need the instructions. And there's 458 parts. And I was like, oh, where are those instructions? Right? Like, I'm putting it together, and I'm about an hour in, dripping sweat, because I'm like, we will not turn the AC on. We're going to save money, okay? Don't turn the AC on when we're working over there. And uh, so I'm putting this fan together, and I'm literally like up, up here and, and putting it up, and I drop a screw because, like, it made my hands seem like Shrek hands, and they're very normal, okay? And the screws are, like, this big, and so I'm trying to screw it in. I drop it. It goes into the fan. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then my phone rings, and it's my beautiful wife. So I answer it, and I'm like, yes, like very clearly, like not in the mood. And uh, she's like, hey, I know you're busy, but I'm just, your parents are coming, and um, I'm going to the grocery store. What do you want? I was like, I don't know what I want. Like, I want this fan to work, okay? And then I get home. Now, this really happened. This is pathetic. I'm so embarrassed of myself. I get home, and she's in the other room. I go in, and I'm like, hey, did you get milk? She was like, no. And I was like, Shh. I'm going to on cue. Like, right? like. So I definitely am very aggressive um, in situations when other people come to me for help, especially if they're like, if you would have been here. But Jesus shows us, man, it's just like Jesus. In the heart of somebody's pain, in the height of their aggression, Jesus goes, hey, it's Martha, it's going to be okay. He's going to rise again. Now, for us, that's good sentiment. We appreciate that, Jesus. That's, that sounds good. I mean, I, probably there's a good chance most of us have been there where we've lost a loved one. And it's terrible. We don't know how to handle it because death was never part of God's plan. It's an opposition of who God is. It is a... Well, it's an outcome of sin. And so when Martha hears that, she's like, yeah, Jesus, I get it. Thanks. Thank you. But, like, that's, that's way later. Like, that's in the end. Like, that's in the end resurrection, right? Because they were believing that a Messiah was going to come and offer what Jesus does offer, but they didn't really understand it. And, and so I think there are times where when we have a friend who loses a loved one, we're like, well, he, he's with Jesus. And, and we mean it, and it's true, and we believe it, but it's still so painful, when you're on that side of it, isn't it? And so, even Jesus himself shows us later, and I, and I didn't read this, but when he goes to the tomb and Jesus weeps, you're like, wait, Jesus, you knew. You knew you, knew you were about to raise him from the dead. Why are you crying? And I think it's because Jesus says, hey, yeah, I know, but I know your pain doesn't just go away, and I want to sit in it with you. I want to be present with you. I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. I'm right here. So we can look at Jesus and be hopeful of that. But Martha says, yeah, I know in the end, but it doesn't take the pain away. And Jesus looks at her, and this is, this is huge. And this is my first ending. I have like four or five. Jesus looks at her and says, no, Martha, you're, you're really not getting it. I'm the resurrection and the life. The resurrection at the end is only going to happen because of what I'm about to do 
A for Lazarus, but what I'm about to do for all of humanity. So this is huge. And this is probably something that we've all read and stumbled over and been like, that's great. We got keychains. We get it tattooed, right? Oh, gosh. We put it on the walls in the living room. But what's, it really, what's really happening? John is 21 chapters, right, Casey? 21 chapters. He wasn't paying attention. I got him off guard. It's 21 chapters. This is chapter 11. So it's like halfway in the middle. But it's actually towards the end of Jesus' ministry. In fact, here's what I believe. Jesus gets to the Jordan. He gets away. He gets the message, Lazarus is dead. And Jesus knows, all right, it's the right time. Now it's time. Because when Jesus comes back, he knows that everything's about to change. When he says the words, I am the resurrection and the life, it's on. For years, people are trying to, Jesus, who are you? Come on, tell us the truth. Who are you? And now he shows up and he's like, you want to know who I am? I beat death. That's what I do. And that's hard. Like sometimes you're like, wait, why? What's the, what do you mean he beat death? And so I want to kind of paint this uh, simply. It's not simple. It's crazy, but it's amazing. And Jesus shows up, right, because they see that that death was never a part of God's plan. And so it needs to be fixed because it's keeping us away from God. And we don't know how to handle it. And so what do good leaders do? Well, they come to where you're at. I'm, I'm coming. I'll help you. So when Jesus shows up, he's saying, hey, I'm going to go all the way to death. Because once I do, I'm going to come out the other side and I'm bringing you with me. That's, that's who Jesus is. And so the hope that we have in the middle of the pain and the suffering is that it's not the end. It's not too late. God is even in my waiting. Well, he's working on a plan. He's cooking something up. And this is my real close. Martha at the end of the verse that I read, Jesus says, hey, do you, do you believe me, Martha? She says, yeah. I, yeah, you're the Messiah. I believe you. But then it gets weird because if you move on in the passage, Jesus says, take me to where he's at. I got work to do. Like he's cracking his knuckles, you know. They roll, he, he says, roll the tomb away. Martha goes, whoa, Jesus. It's, it's going to stink in there. He's been dead four days. Wait, Martha, I thought, I thought you believed. Oh, she did. But sometimes, just because we believe, doesn't mean we understand. And I think that is so pivotal with our walk with Christ. Uh, we don't have to understand. Why? Why? Why is it happening? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe when you go to coffee with another believer and you're talking about the struggle in the midst of the pain, it's just like, why? Why Why is God not helping? I don't know. But I I still believe. And I think if we wait like Martha, we, we let God have it. He's not offended. He's not intimidated. He just wants you to know that you're calling out for him. He's got a plan. Even if it's the end. I love, one pastor says, if God doesn't do another thing for you, that's okay because he's already done enough. We believe that Jesus beats death. We get to come out on the other side. We want him in the midst, of course. 
But that's why we got to keep looking. Jesus, where are you? I need you in my life. I think it changes things. I think that when we truly go to Jesus that way, we don't have to walk around and, and complain about everything that's going wrong in our lives. We can just say, you know what? I let God have it this morning on the drive-in. I'm going to focus on what I can focus on, and I'm going to let God do what he can do, only him. I love uh, Pastor, I said, well, Dr. Stantoller, I know friends to so many of you and, and family and a close family friend to us. He, he had a book that said, uh, God is never late. He's seldom early. He's always right on time. And I believe that we can believe that without understanding it. That's it. And I think if we truly are seeking Jesus with, with, with that passion of, Jesus, where, where are you? He can show up even when things seem dead. That marriage, that financial situation, the relationship with your kids or your siblings, it can seem long gone. And Jesus can be like, no, no. I'm the resurrection and the life. This morning, I don't know, you know, if, if you follow Jesus, if you're thinking about it, if you've never heard of him. But again, we're Jesus people. We think he changes our life. And uh, sometimes we're in the waiting. But man, if we're, we're seeking him and we're looking for him, he's going to show up. And he doesn't come up saying, hey, hey, settle down. I got, I got a handle. No, he just says, hey, I love you. You're wonderful. So this morning, if you're saying, yeah, you know, I think I want to at least start looking what it might be to follow Jesus, we'd love for you to fill out a connection card. Write it down. Whatever's on your heart, put your information. This just allows us to connect. We're, we're passionate about becoming more like Jesus and helping others come to know him. And we can't do that if we don't know yet. And so this is one way for us to get connected. And uh, you can have any other prayer requests on there as well. Any questions, that's what it's for. You can drop it off in a connect box or hand it to a volunteer on your way out. We're about to sing a song. Right now it is my favorite song. I think I've listened to it 79 times since it came out. And uh, it just talks about this idea that even if I'm on the mountain or if the mountain's in my way, I'll praise you all the same or something. I'm terrible at lyrics, but... It's powerful, and even if you aren't singing along, just, just listen to the words and, and let it move you this morning. God, we're so thankful for who you are. We're thankful that you, you showed up in the way that you did. You said, hey, I'm going to take on your pain. I'm going to live life with you, even to the point of death, so that way I can bring you out alive on the other side. We're so thankful for that. And this morning, whatever is going on in the hearts of anybody who is maybe in this room or watching online, I ask that uh, your grace is covering them in such a real way. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.